Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening. I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime. We are coming to you tonight from CPAC 2021 in Orlando, Florida. That's the annual conservative political action conference that I have actually been attending now every year for a decade. Actually, I think it's even longer than that. But uh, the theme of, we won't be counting that, the theme of this year's CPAC is America Uncancelled. Conservatives are here trying to get the message out about their ideas and why they are best for America. And the left wants to do the exact opposite of that. They want to shut down discussion. They want to cancel the voices on the right side of politics. On last night's show, I went through the huge gains by the Republican Party on the state and local level in recent years and how President Trump won a record number of counties across the country. And I laid out the case on how this country is becoming more and more conservative. And that's a big threat to the establishment elite. And they've decided the best way to win right now is just to stop the free flow of information. We've known that the mainstream media has been left-leaning for a long, long time. But then the internet emerged and gave a platform to grassroots journalists who could get the news out that the mainstream media would not report. But now, suddenly, conservatives have woken up to the reality that the left controls the platform of the internet also. Big tech has taken over, has been taken over by the left. So now the mainstream media and the big leftist tech companies have joined forces to make sure that Americans only see one side of the story. And that's why this year's CPAC is so vitally important. And that's why this year's CPAC theme is America Uncanceled. And the whole world is watching to see what President Trump is going to say from the stage here at CPAC on Sunday night. All right, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around the ground, around the country, on the ground, as we do every single night. We start out in Washington, D.C. with Carrie Sheffield, the host of Just the News AM. Carrie, what do you have for us today? Hey there, Dr. Gina. I want to let you know what's happening with Mitch McConnell. Well, it turns out that he says that he will support Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is the nominee in 2024 for the presidential nomination of the GOP, he says, absolutely. And he says, as long as he gets the nomination. What's interesting is there's some new polling here from Just the News with Scott Rasmussen finding that Mitch McConnell is far more unpopular than Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy. You can see the polling here. Mitch McConnell coming in at only 21 percent favorable and 62 percent unfavorable. So I had a guest on my program this morning, Bruce Lavelle, who's been an advisor to former President Trump, who said that this is really Mitch McConnell doing this because he has to do it, that he really has no other choice, that he says that Mitch McConnell at his core. He's still learning to try to understand the America First agenda, but he's not quite there. But that's part of what the future of the GOP said will be, according to Bruce Lavelle and other conservatives that I've spoken with. So very interesting trend here. Keep an eye out for this for folks. I know you're down there at CPAC uh, to see this more establishment dispute that's been ongoing, not only with folks like Mitch McConnell, but also folks like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, people who have been more critical of Donald Trump. But the vast majority of conservatives and Republicans are supportive of him. So just some interesting food for thought. Back to you, Dr. Gina. Thanks so much, Carrie, reporting to us from Washington, D.C. Now over to Jessica Rivera in our RAV studios in Denver, Colorado. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, yesterday the House barely passed the newest Equality Act. The bill says it will extend civil rights protections in order to stop discrimination on the basis of someone's sexual orientation or their gender identity. The bill narrowly passed with a 224 to 206 vote and it was pretty much along party lines. 
but most Republicans who oppose the act do so because they say it's not about protecting rights, but rather it's about taking away rights. For example, the Equality Act says no one from the LGBTQ community can be discriminated against when it comes to the workplace and in society in general. This is very much something most humans agree with, not to mention, there are already laws in place for the workplace, including hate crimes legislations. But what the act does not admit to is, it basically says that any LGBTQ person has the right to demand to be married by any church officiant, uh, even if that officiant does not agree with that marriage, which critics point out is a freedom of religion right being taken away. The act also says, any biological man who chooses to identify as a woman has the right to use a public bathroom with biological women. The act does not take into consideration if those biological women feel safe and if they don't, they really just don't have a say. So Dr. Gina, many who oppose the newest Equality Act do not oppose it because they believe that LGBTQ, anybody in that community should be discriminated against, but instead they oppose it for it's not quote unquote equal treatment, but it's forced special treatment of the LGBT community. And that is the real issue. Back to you. Whatever happened to equality, I sure don't know, Jessica, but I think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is rolling over in his grave right now. Thank you so much for that report. Coming up, it's our Power Couple segment. We have Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle here, and also Kevin Sorbo and Sam Sorbo. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, this segment somehow became a power couple segment when Donald Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle stopped by to talk about the future of the Trump family in politics. Check it out. It's an honor to have uh, two of my favorite people in the whole wide world here with me at Real America's Voice. Um, I want to just say to you guys that I am feeling like this is 100% MAGA. In other years at CPAC, there's always kind of this push-pull between the moderates and the conservatives. It's gone. I mean, Nikki Haley wasn't even invited to be here. Uh, others that have wronged the president, frankly, either didn't come or weren't invited. This is MAGA country. Everybody just wants to hear from the president and the people who love him. Do you feel that as well? I think 100%. I mean, you see it walking around the room. But also, I, I think you see it based on the results. Uh, what Donald Trump was able to deliver for the forgotten men and women, for the hardworking men and women of America, is what he promised. The establishment, they haven't even acknowledged those things. The establishment has too been focused on corporate interest, on nonsense policy that doesn't do anything for the American people. Uh, they're no different, frankly, than the Democrats in most cases. So I think they see it. it. It's a movement of the people, by the people, and for the people. And Donald Trump started that, and you see it here every day. And so, Kimberly, I think everybody feels like you and they and all the voters and all the money that you worked so hard to raise and, and all the effort that went into the campaign, they want to feel like it's not lost. What do we take away? What do we have right now that we can cling to that we know we have going forward? Yeah, you know, I really feel so optimistic in being here at CPAC and seeing just the huge groundswell of support, all the people that came out to support the incredible speakers like Don Jr., you know, and I spoke today and you just felt the energy and the, the hopefulness and just the fight in people, that they haven't given up. And that's one thing that President Trump really taught America how to stick up for itself, how to fight for what you believe in, and not to let your voice be silenced. And that's why this has been so powerful. And I couldn't agree more with your commentary regarding that there doesn't seem to be a disconnect no. or any kind of schism. There is no fracture. Uh, this is the conservative party and everybody coming together to stand up for what they believe in, like the 75 million people plus that voted for President Trump. They get it and they're united. 
It's yeah. a great thing to see. Yeah, yeah. And and you just gave a speech. Your reception, of course, incredible, electric. You can't even walk down the hall without just throngs of people. My gosh, there's just <laughs> watching right now. Um, and, and they're coming here and even donning their masks, which they don't like. Um, but they're here and they're doing that and cheering for you nonstop. It's electrifying. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's the greatest honor imaginable. I mean, sure you know, I, I was never really, I was political. I was always a pretty staunch conservative. Everyone knows my Second Amendment credentials going way back when. Uh, but, you know, we weren't in you know, the loop on a lot of these things prior to 2015. Uh, you know, we got in the race and, you know, I was able to make a name for myself just by being willing to engage, by we being willing to take the slings and arrows and thrown being at authentic. us by a heavy and, you know, yeah. draconian, you know, radical left media, uh, big tech, and to be able to, you know, just fight back on those things. I mean, we need more people that are willing to fight back. I think Donald Trump has shown that, and I think you're seeing that today. I mean, people who wouldn't have necessarily been fighters because they did things the old way, which was, you know, be gracious, let them roll all over you, let them right. crap all over your principles for the eternity. You know, that was the Republican Party. I mean, no one was better at losing than them. Right. Uh, now I think they get it, and they're going to have to engage to, to keep our freedoms and everything that we love about this country going. But the love for Donald Trump and the Amazing. Trump family hasn't really lasted. It's expanded. I think it's, you're right. it's exploded since the election. I think it's bigger now because people understand that the media lied to them about Joe Biden. You know, they spent already a year the and billions of dollars telling you he wasn't a radical. Bill, uh, you know, Big Tech did the same thing. They spent years telling you he's not going to get rid of fracking. Don't worry about your jobs. They'll be fine. Oh, he's not going to be soft on China. You know, people didn't know because you had a multi-billion dollar complex between mainstream media and Big Tech that shielded them from the truth about Joe Biden, from the scandals, from the incompetence. You know, it goes beyond incompetence at this point. All you have to do is listen to him speak right. uh, and, and realize that, I mean, this is a shadow of a man, uh, and, and look no further than speeches of his a decade ago. They're not the same guy, no. but no. that's how powerful big tech has gotten. That's how powerful mainstream media, they can get people to blindly follow an incompetent uh, because they're able to shift what you hear, what you see, and ultimately what you believe. People realize now they've been sold a fake bill of goods. They get it. There's buyer's remorse all over this country, and not just, obviously, from Republicans. Uh, I think the Republican Party is you know, as unified as ever before. The buyer's remorse comes from Joe Biden's own voters really who are saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I voted for that. Had I known about this, I wouldn't have voted for him. And I think that's going to expand. As you see, we're only 33 days in. We're back in wars in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, we're giving up to China. We're canceling our jobs. We're shutting down U.S. energy while allowing Russian energy to flourish. Opening the wall. It's, it's absolutely insane. And, yeah, the crisis of the border so is going to get much worse because people will say, hey, great, they're opening up everything. I'm going to get everything for free. Guess what? You get to pay for it. Yeah. We'll get it for free. Uh, it's wonderful. It's going to create a flood at the border, which is going to be a serious humanitarian crisis. And that's only the first 33 days. It's a wonderful start. Yeah. I think everybody wants to know uh, that we're going to hear from their president, our president, uh, that he still is the head of this party and that he's going to run again, or at least that we're going to have a Trump run again. What's your prediction on what we're going to hear? I think this still very much is the Trump party. I don't even consider it like the Republican party because we're not about what they did in the past that didn't work. We're about what President Trump created and has carried forward. And he is, uh, you know, doing so well. He looks fantastic. He's full of energy and fight. He has not let the American people down. He will continue to lead and go forward. So will the whole family. I think they're going to be very excited when he comes and speaks here at CPAC. And they're in for a, a real treat because he never disappoints. <laughs> Much like Don today. Great job. That's right. Tons of energy. And, uh, and can we be super excited about this? Are we going to hear? Uh, are they going to get to hear what they want to hear? I, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I, I think people are going to enjoy it. They're going to see his, you know, his role as the leader of this party uh, has not changed. If anything, it's expanded. That's awesome. We'd love to hear that. All right. Thank you so much, Don Thanks and Kimberly. Great to see you, Honor. Thanks to have you. Thanks so much to Don and Kimberly for coming by and uh, taking the time to chat with us and our audience. I know you appreciate it, too. And my next power couple, I have Kim and... Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> Prompter dependent much? All right, we'll get through it. Here we go. Same thing in five, four, three. Thanks so much to Don Jr. and Kimberly for coming by and taking the time to chat with our audience. Wasn't that great? I know you guys loved that. And my next power couple, Kevin and Sam Sorbo. Here you go.
So happy to have you guys in. It's my power couple day, I think, here. Uh, so I have Kevin and Sam Sorbo and good friends. We were old friends back in California, which is just crazy. We were homeschooling parents back in the day together, and it's fun because now some of our children are grown, and uh, we have, and they've become friends, and they're all activists in their own right, which is crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy now to that think? we're all on the other coast. Yeah, yeah. All We've all moved over here, migrated here to where there's a little bit of freedom left. So, a little bit, yeah. um, And I love that you all are still activists and at a great price uh, because, it, it, and all activists pay a dear sure. price, um, but you've paid an especially dear price because um, in your line of work, you you don't get to do what you do in Hollywood if you're going to be an activist and if you're going to be honest about what's good for America. Um, Kevin, talk to us about that. Well, I just got taken down from Facebook. I had 550,000 followers and Facebook okay. just totally killed my, my website. It's gone and uh, they didn't give any good reason and I've been getting a lot of press on it lately. So they came back into Fox and they said that, well, we told him to take down these two sites about COVID that he talked about. And I said, all I did was post sites that look at what the other doctors have to say about COVID. Why can't we have an opposing point of view? That was enough for them to take me down. But they also didn't tell him that. That was them re regrouping after the fact. They regrouped, exactly. Yeah. 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 And and Sam, um, you've talked a lot and as, a, as a homeschooling mom, but as a media personality in your own right, um, a lot about how important it is to really hold your children close. And um, this, ironically, this COVID situation has given parents a chance to sort of look inside ourselves and say there are have been tremendous opportunities to hold our families very close during this and to sort of reevaluate what it meant to school them, what yeah. it meant to teach them, um, what it meant to, you know, have a family dinner together, what, you know, a lot of these things we've had a chance to reevaluate. Um, how has that presented opportunities for the American family um, and how have you taken advantage of that with sort of your own personal mission to teach Americans about that? Well, of course, I, I, so I started putting up videos on my website, samsorbo.com, just to encourage parents to home educate because they were already accidental homeschoolers, basically. Yeah. And just to enlighten them and, and tell them a little bit more about what home education is. Unfortunately, when you're an accidental homeschooler, you're just thrust into it. Our parents weren't actually, we called it homeschooling. But it wasn't. They were just taking the school and trying to get it done at home on Zoom calls and Zoom conferences and all of that. And, and that was sort of a bastardization of everything, basically. So I'm, I, I would love for parents to open their eyes a little bit more and understand that we do not educate in our quote-unquote education system. If you, if you want a Catholic child and you send them to Catholic school, they will learn Catholic values. If you send a child to a government school, the child will learn government values. Clearly. Yeah. And so that's why we're graduating a, a, whole a whole plethora of young people who believe that socialism is the answer because they've been taught that government is the answer. And as, as conservatives, we need to move away from that. And so my message is simply, you can homeschool your children. Um, and it's easier than you possibly, than, than you imagine. And, and it's more rewarding than you could possibly dream. And it's too bad that parents are so so easily swayed to sacrifice their children on the altar of convenience and government I'm gonna get schools. a plug for your book. It's called They're Your Kids. So yes. please check out They're Your Kids. And there's a reason why your is accentuated. And that's there. one of her books. Not the government she actually kids. has a new book out too, and it's called Words for Warriors. And uh, tell us about this book. So Words for Warriors grew out of this. So, so we no longer educate, we school. If you think that you can't teach your children, it's because you've been taught that you can't teach your children. And so this book grew out of this idea that um, fascism could possibly be right-wing and that we could ha maybe have right-wing fascists. That's an, that's an oxymoron, and I, I stress the word moron in that um, <laughs> there is no such thing as a right-wing fascist. All fascism is left-wing. Um, and I realize that the left has, has spent a, a long, long march taking our language, hijacking our words, transforming our words. And so now racist doesn't mean what racist used to mean. Racist means, oh, you're white. Um, woman no longer means what it used to mean. 
and, and this is That's a dangerous, true. we're in a dangerous predicament now because our language has been devalued to the point where it's nearly meaningless. And what do we have standing between us and violence is only our language. You know, yeah. when you have a kid who's, who's acting out and he's going to hit his sibling, you say, no, 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 use your words. Right. Right? Words are what we have that stand between us and violence. Right. The left loves violence and they're going to get it if they continue on this path. Yep. I have to, I have to get to, quickly to Kevin because we're out of time, but Climate Hassle 2, tell us about this. Climate Hustle. Hustle. Climate I'm hustle. sorry. ClimateHustle2.com. I'm here doing a speaking event on it tomorrow. Yes. Uh, the, the DVD and the uh, streaming releases now. You can go to ClimateHustle2.com. It's the other side of uh, the global warming issue, which I call weather. And uh, <laughs> it really, it, it's, it's a show, a bunch of scientists and scholars that know the opposite point of view of what's going on in the world. There's a graph that came out recently that shows 100 years of the average temperature around the entire world. Okay. Do you know how much temperature has gone up in the last 100 years? 0.41 degrees. Wow. Not even a half a degree. I'm but let's drive everybody crazy and make everybody filled with fear yeah. and spend trillions of dollars on something that we should be spending that money on that really is an issue and a problem. Speaking I want to get you yeah. back on to talk about that we'll because that's a big it. one with me. I love yep. that you've done that. Kevin and Sam Sorbo, thank you so much for being thank with you. us. Thanks for Thanks so much to Kevin and Sam Sorbo. And coming up, I'm going to talk to one of the biggest rising stars in the conservative movement and one of my very dearest friends, Ambassador Rick Grinnell. I'm going to ask him if he's going to run for governor of California, and I'm going to ask him if he's talking to the president and what he's hearing. That's next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. You stick around. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I just spoke to one of the biggest up-and-coming people in the conservative movement. You know, Ambassador Rick Grinnell was U.S. Ambassador to Germany, and then he was Acting Director of National Intelligence under President Trump. And there is a big push to get him to run for governor of California once Newsom is recalled. And I asked him about it. Here is my interview with Ambassador Rick Grinnell. So, Ambassador, um, you have so many titles, I don't even know which ones to use. Rick. Um, How about Rick? <laughs> Rick? Oh, there's one. Um, so, you are here at CPAC. It's been interesting. What, what is your most, what, what do you find the most interesting about this CPAC? It feels very different to me from other CPACs, but I want to get your read. Yeah, I think that this is like the most important CPEC that we've had in decades. I feel restlessness. I feel people want to know, you know, what happened and where are our, our, our you know, kind of leaders? Yeah. Where are people who are the fighters? Um, who do I need to support? I think this is a CPAC where we have a restless group of conservatives mm -hmm. who are still frustrated at... Um, working really hard, having the right message, having the right candidate, and asking ourselves what happened, what went wrong. And so um, I, I sense an excitement but a nervousness mm. as to where are we supposed to go. And so having leaders here that are going to talk about what's next and what defining the fight for, for people I think is really important. I thought Ted Cruz on Friday morning was amazing. He did a really great job of firing up. Um, I like Ted Cruz without a script. I thought he was really good and, and unleashed. That was the Texas Ted Cruz. I think. Yeah, it was unleashed. <laughs> yeah. Cancun did him a little good, I think, because he's doing really well. <laughs> Tan dressed and ready, right? Uh, so what happened? What went wrong? What's next? You asked those questions. What happened? What went wrong? What's next? Well, I think that we have to admit that we lost, and so we have to say, well, what do we need to fix? And that's the important questions. Well, after every loss, I think we got to look inward, and we can't just now patriots, patriots. Excuse me, ambassador. They're going to say it was stolen. Well, the whatever, president still says it. I talk to him regularly. He still says it was stolen. Look, what, so, so what, however it happened, though, you're saying the result is. Yeah. We obviously don't have the White House. We don't have the Senate. We don't yeah. have the House. That's your point. Correct. We lost. And so we have to fix 
what that problem is. And maybe it's more than one thing. Um, I'm working hard in California on an initiative called Fix California. And what we're trying to do is um, understand that in California, we're tired of being the ATM for the rest of the country. And we have a lot of conservatives and a lot of independents and a lot of frustrated Democrats right now in the state. They're seeing this amazing, beautiful state that you know so well fall apart. And it's unacceptable to have the great state of California in the shape that it is in right now. And if you come into California, you sense it. There are 49 states where you can go inside a restaurant of some level and 49 states where you can go to a gym. And we are the 50th. We are not abiding by science. These these decisions, either Gavin not to Newsom, church. and not church, uh, a whole bunch of of different issues that are really frustrating for people. Either forty nine states are following science, or Gavin Newsom is following science. But the two are incongruent. So. I'm frustrated, and uh, what we're going to do with this Fix California initiative is sue every county in California to clean up the voter rolls, do a voter registration drive like you've never seen before, and concentrate on education reform. I think that's amazing, Rick, because I, I maintain, having lived there for as long as I did, uh, there are a lot more conservatives there than anybody wants to believe uh, on, on the up. left who have given up. And so I think that's fantastic. I think the, what you're doing needs to happen in every single state. So that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, I want to get to you because um, you are a, a superstar, super, super, superstar uh, in in this party right now, and um, and you are super close also to the president um, and. And he loves you, and he trusts you, and and that's uh, such a such a coveted place to be. Um, and and so I want to know he's going to be speaking here on Sunday. Everybody knows that. I want to know um, what your relationship is like with him right now. Um, when the last time you spoke with him is, what his mood is, and when the next time you're speaking with him might be. Well, uh, I speak to him pretty regularly. Uh, I'm having dinner with him tomorrow night, um, and I I love him. I think that he's incredibly brave and somebody who is the outsider and I actually believe that our system the system of of government benefits from outsiders people with different set of eyes that that don't live and and have a social life and have their entire existence and future payments in Washington DC I think that we've got to have people who are willing to to be on the outside and that's what he did he's got very thick skin. He's got very big ideas and he is incredibly focused. And so um, I do talk to him regularly. Uh, he gives me advice on what to do next. And? And? <laughs> because I have to say, my son, Bo, I had him go wrangle you. I watched him try to get you all the way here down this long corridor with thousands of patriots. And it was a job. I'm so proud of my son for doing it because you cannot get Rick Grinnell two feet uh, without crowds, you know mobs. You have a pink thing in the distance. The and you just keep that would be going the neon, the, the neon light. newscaster here. And and because you are so well loved, and everybody wants to know what are you going to do next. I know the president wants to see you do something. Uh, what are you going to do next? Well, I've been fighting for capitalism, and I'd like to take advantage of capitalism now, make a little money, since I haven't. Uh, uh, made a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm looking at uh, the private sector and, and different opportunities. That is not the answer we want to hear, Rick. Come on, do better. Look, I'm also focused very deeply on this Fix California initiative, as well as our uh, petitions in, in California to recall Gavin. It's a, you know, left, right, and center agreement that Gavin Newsom has mismanaged the state. This so is not we, a political issue. So if we get him recalled, who runs against him? Well, first of all, we have to get him recalled, and we're not there yet. We need 1.5 million verified signatures. We have 1.875 unverified. The national media is not doing a very good job of helping us because they keep telling everybody we're there, and everybody then is jumping to say, okay, who's running? We're there. We are not there. We, we need, um, first of all, the, the people who are going to be verifying the signatures uh, are Gavin Newsom's people. We, our new senator, 
from California will replace Kamala Harris as Alex Padilla, our old Secretary of State. He was in the job. When he left Secretary of State to become the U.S. Senator, Gavin Newsom got to appoint the Secretary of State. So this woman, who is new and totally inexperienced, is now going to be leading the verification process for her new boss, who just appointed her. I, I, I just would love to know, and I wish that a reporter in Sacramento would ask, did the recall come up in the interview process at all? Because the Secretary of State is now in charge of figuring out if there's enough signatures to put her boss on a recall vote. Very interesting. Well, we'll definitely have to look into that. I have some reporters we'd like to send up there to, to ask some of those questions. <laughs> um, Rick Cornell, um, you have a great CPAC, and I'm just so honored that you took the time to be with us. And any anything closing you want us to know? I think you're amazing in pink. <laughs> we love Rick Cornell. Thanks for being with us. Ambassador Cornell was in rare form there, but we had a lot of fun and he's a good friend. Another big theme here at CPAC is the pro-life issue and how President Trump was the most pro-life president ever and whether that can be reversed under the Biden administration. And I asked the president of Concerned Women for America all about that earlier today. Her name is Penny Nance and you're not going to want to miss what she had to say. Watch. So, Penny, uh, you've been fighting for, I, I always love to preface any of my interviews with you with when I move to a new town, which seems to happen to me a lot, although I am hoping I stay in Florida for a while. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but when I move to a new town, the very first thing I do is I figure out where the real conservatives are. And the way I do that is I find out uh, where the Concerned Women for America chapters are and the women who belong to that, they're going to know who the true conservatives are. Because a lot of people think they're conservatives, they're kind of squishy, whatever. But Concerned Women for America, they know their stuff. And they know who, who you know, who to vote for for judges and right. things that, that just, yeah, exactly, like those kinds of... They may of, be running for those spots, by the way. That's so, exactly yeah. right. But, that's but, but you found your people that way, right? I have. And, and that's because you do the educating. And you've been doing this for how long? Well, I've been at CWA for, it'll be 11 years this past January, but we're a 40-year-old organization. And we, you know, Beverly LaHaye started the organization. Uh, during the Reagan era, we existed to be the counterweight to the pro-abortion narrative that in order to be a, a true woman, to be you had to be pro-abortion. And sort of the feminist narrative that women think X. And so it's been an important um, position and role to play, and it never stops being important. In fact, it grows more important, I think, every year. And it's, it's so strange to me, uh, so many things that are happening right now. One of them is that it would seem to me that Concerned Women for America and the feminists would be very aligned on certain issues right now that the feminists are completely out to lunch on, such as uh, men, uh, transgendered men being able to participate in women's sports. But have you had any support from the feminists on this issue? Well, interestingly enough, we have. There's a real um, dichotomy w among the feminist movement. And, so, and there's a breakdown within those groups, right? So there's Women's Liberation Front, which are self-described um, radical feminists, many of whom are lesbians, bisexual, and, 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 and heterosexual that um, strongly agree with us that there is, a, you know, important dignity that, that women have that are, is innate and, um, and fought. These women fought so hard for Title IX, for women's sports, and they feel betrayed. So it's just this interesting left-right coalition where we find this group. Now, by the way, they are treated horribly by much of the LBTG community um, and, uh, and and feel so hurt by all of it. But they have been, you know, stunning partners. And if, if you're honest, if you have integrity in media, you cannot ignore that when you have two people who don't agree on anything but come together and say women, not just sports, but women in women in prisons women in domestic violence shelters, women who are the least of the very hurt de deserve their private spaces. And, and the other issue that I think is, is so predominant and that is, uh, was just really making headway under President Trump um, that has been so fascinating for me to watch, and I've watched Concerned Women for America do a ton of work on, is the issue of life. Um, beginning 
issue of life and the end issue of life, the elder issue is also one. But I want to get to the pro-life issue for babies for a moment because I've watched people like Beth Moore um, uh, and other um, Christian leaders, um, you know, really not take a stand. Uh, If anything, take a stand to the contrary of Concerned Women for America and of, of real Christ, Christendom, if you will, um, at John Piper, others. Uh, it's been it's been fascinating to me. I know you had a, um, an op-ed in Newsweek. Um, it, tell us what is happening on that front. Why are so many former Christian leaders refusing to lead? Well, I find it very disappointing, frankly, because I feel very let down. And you, you mentioned a couple there, and there are others. And um, and I was asked recently by a reporter at the Christian Post about, you know, they were watching Evangelicals for Life, and there was a lot of hand-wringing over the fact that now the Biden administration, who, by the way, specifically told people what they were going to do, right. has now um, reprogrammed hundreds of millions of dollars to the abortion industry in every single pot of money they can get their hands on, um, including COVID relief, by the way. Right. And so predictably this all happened and there's this hand-wringing among, you know, some of these very people, Russell Moore and others that are like, oh, this is terrible. Like, where were you, right? You said it really didn't matter. And then, you know, people either said, many people said, it didn't matter who you voted for, I mean, of the silk. It didn't matter who you vote for, or worse, right. don't vote for President Trump. I can't support him. Here's why we supported, why evangelical Christians, who, by the way, are a third of the electorate, supported this president. We did so because of his policies. I didn't love every tweet. I didn't love everything he said, certainly. He, I don't. He never claimed to be a Bible-banging Christian evangelical. He never promised to be that. He was a person who believed deeply in the policies, not just on the life issue, support for Israel, of local control of education, the idea of women's dignity abroad, supporting uh, women, uh, women's ability, Ivanka Trump's initiatives on women uh, around the world being able to have uh, agency and have their own businesses. Um, so, the fact women's privacy and safety that we just spoke about, uh, supporting veterans. I mean, there's just a range of issues that we supported him on that are over now. They're toast for the next four years. But I, I would say to everyone watching, you need to be engaged. We have five votes to flip in the House and we can win. We still are very close in the Senate. It's a 50-50 split. You've got Joe Manchin and others who, other kind of more moderate Democrats who are very powerful, powerful now. And we need to be engaging and working with them. We need to make sure that we're working as hard as we can to protect the Hyde Amendment, which has saved two million babies since 1976. The Biden administration wants that to be over. Put aside our disappointment. We've got to gear up. Put on the whole armor of God, pray up, link arms, and fight for these, uh, for the least of these, fight for these babies, fight for the causes that we care about. Well, Senator Cruz said this morning here at CPAC, it is a pendulum. So we'll just, uh, I believe that. we'll just see what happens. Thank you so much. See them in two years. That's right. (laughs) Penny Nance, thank you. I want to thank Penny Nance for taking the time for that interview earlier today and coming up. Ben Burkwam, he's back with more footage from the southern border that nobody else is showing you. This is what the Biden administration has done again. They are throwing open the gates and allowing illegal immigration to become the huge problem it was once again. You won't believe what he found, but we're going to show you. That's next. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Back to Gina Prime Time, coming to you from 
CPAC 2021. So glad that you are with us. What a day. Oh my goodness. Rick Grinnell, Don and Kimberly, and so much fun here in, at CPAC. And of course, all of this is going to culminate in a speech by Donald J. Trump, and that's what everyone is here and everyone is waiting for. And with us right now in the very spot where Donald Trump will speak is our own Heather Mullins. Heather, tell us what we are going to expect. You are right in the spot where he is going to speak. What do you expect him to say? You know, I think a lot of people are excited to hear him speak. I think it's very monumental that he decided to to come out after that impeachment trial and, and, and all of the, the false narratives that were being pushed about him. I think it speaks volumes that he's saying, no, I won't be silenced. You can't cancel me. We're still going to come out and talk. And it's interestingly enough, CNN actually decided to send Jim Acosta to CPAC. I mean, if that's not stirring the pot, I don't know what is. And I actually encountered him <laughs> talking with Matt Schlapp, saying that they're basically going to paint this as the big lie conference. And he was accusing Schlapp of saying that Trump's going to get up here and continue to push that there was this fraud. And he was like, and that's just not the case. So I patiently waited for that conversation to end and then actually approached Jim Acosta myself and was like, hey, I was in Georgia. I know for a fact there was fraud. In Floyd County, their hand recount found 2,700 votes. They rescanned them all, found an additional 300. I interviewed the election board members there. They ended up certifying numbers that they didn't know were in fact the numbers for that county. And that's just one county that I have evidence of. Coffee County, several others. I was there on the ground in Georgia. One, one county, the woman filmed filmed her scanning in the same 15,000 ballots five times and got five different sets of numbers. The evidence is there, and he actually suggested I send it to him. So I'm going to take him up on that offer. This affects everyone. He needs to realize this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue. This is did your vote matter issue. And if Joe Biden legitimately won, then we need to prove that. But until these questions are answered, Jim Acosta should be doing the hard work, too. Well, that's amazing. And my son, Bo, actually witnessed this whole thing, ran up to tell me all about it, said you destroyed him, that you literally left him speechless. And, and the fact that you got him to say, send it to me, it will be very interesting to hear if he follows up. I'd like to know the answer to that. And I will be the first one to have you on the show to tell us all about that. Uh, do you think you'll get a response from him? You know, it was hard to say because when I was going into that conversation with him, my goal wasn't to antagonize him. It was literally to educate him on what I know happened in Georgia. And his response after I gave him some information was, so do you believe the election was stolen? And I said, I don't know. What I do know is what happened in Georgia. And I documented that. I have evidence of that. So for him to sort of pivot and try to trap me into saying, yeah, the election was stolen, makes me think he wasn't really paying attention. But I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt and send him that information. And if I hear back, great. And if I don't, I'll reported on your show. Awesome. Heather Mullins, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Gina. And, uh, we're, mm -hmm. and uh, we also have here in studio with me right now the man, the myth, the legend, our own Ben Burkwam. I have to tell you, I couldn't help but talk about him all day. I am so proud of the work that he's been doing for us here on the border, the work that nobody else from any other network is doing. I'm hearing buzz about this from all over the conference here at CPAC because Ben Burkwam is not just talking the talk. He is literally walking the walk right across the border to all of the border towns along the border and doing the investigation that all media should be doing. The, the investigation's been, frankly, that used to be done by reporters that no one seems to be doing except you. Tell us the latest. Well, and you're right. It's it's really frustrating. Uh, really, I call it media malpractice or dereliction of duty yeah. by the media. They're, they're ignoring it. Uh, and when you see it firsthand, that's, I had somebody come up to me today and say, you're actually uh, changing minds, you're changing hearts, uh, thank you for doing what you're doing, you're waking people up. And so yeah. it's just, again, you can't do it. Uh, it uh, uh, they say a picture uh, says a thousand words, well, a video uh, says 10,000. And so when we go out there and show this, it's, it's clear, just like we have, uh, we've got uh, the, the ladders. You know, we go down there and you, you, you hear, well, you're climbing these walls, well, when you see this huge stack of ladders, uh, makeshift ladders that they're using to climb, that Border Patrol are having to clean up, uh, you, 
you can't ignore it. I mean, this is this is the evidence right here. This is what's happening. Yeah, and yet last night on my show, you brought uh, the shoes that they use so that they don't leave footprints to steal their way across the roads and uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and you showed us pictures, of course, of these caves. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Uh, first, we've got uh, this image. So I was down at the the intersection of El Paso and Sunland Park, New Mexico. And I was there with my friend, Conservative Anthony, and we, uh, he took me to a place where they have these stacks of ladders. I couldn't bring any of those with me as souvenirs. They're too large. But uh, we've got some video of that uh, I think we can play. All right, let's go to that. So th this is your southern border wall out here in Sunland Park, New Mexico. And what we're about to show you guys is something that is extremely, extremely common here in the southern border. You see here these roll bars that are all mangled up. They've already been basically partially destroyed by border patrol. These for the most part start off extremely, extremely long, anywhere from 12 up to 25 feet in height. What happens is they put them together guys and you can see right here how it folds up here up on top. This is actually put right up on top of the US Southern border wall and these individuals then start climbing these as ladders, guys, they use these as ladders. They hang them over the wall and then they climb. And there's virtually no cover of the coverage of this anywhere else, Ben. Um, but these are the kinds of things that is, when you see it with your own eyes, it's absolutely shocking. The, yes, and the worst part to me, so we, we were here in Sunland Park, New Mexico, showing those ladders. It's an 18 foot high wall fence there. Uh, the new wall that President Trump was putting up is 30 feet tall. And when we, I went down to uh, another area of New Mexico, just south of Hachita, it, you saw the wall and I got to go interview some of the contractors. And then I was told, and it was just, it was sickening to me. I was told that they, you know, they were uh, do, building it. They had six miles prepped. So they have all of this wall prepped. And then they have six miles prepped and ready to go. And they were told, they were called by the Biden administration and said, pack it up, send every, everybody home, ship it all back. And then they were, said, they, they were told to uh, pass any questions along to the Army Corps of Engineers. And guess what the Army Corps did? We talked about that. They left. So there's nobody down. There's nobody to talk about it. So we actually got to get on our horses and ride back to where the wall ends. Nobody else has been back there. And I, you know, again, I look at that, like you said, why, why aren't these other propaganda media companies out there? Well, clearly, they don't want people to see this. They don't want to see the hundreds of millions of dollars wasted and the danger that this puts Americans into. So we have new sections of border wall now, other areas that have been prepped now are vacated and all that does is funnel that traffic that you had in these in these flatter sections up into the mountainous sections where it's much harder for border patrol to do their job right and this is where i uh, i went and uh, i just you know I, I i had an opportunity to speak on top of this mountain where it had been blown out and then you can see the the wall behind me it's just it's incredible and you have one more clip for us tonight i do and tell us about this one that that is so we'll be i'm standing up just to give uh, the audience an idea of where we're at uh, I'm standing on top of the rubble of the excavated area that had been blown out, uh, dynamited out, that was prepped and ready for this new wall. And you can see in the background, the wall behind me is the 30-foot high section. The, the little uh, barriers, the vehicle barriers you can see are about four feet tall, about two feet tall, uh, shorter than I am. And uh, you, it'll give you some sort of scale to what size that wall is. Um, and then talking about what what this is doing to the American people. I think we'll right. just Roll go take. to that and check it out. We made it up here to where the wall ends. Antelope Wells Border Patrol Station is just down the way. You can see from mountain range to mountain range, we've got wall. We've got all of the materials set ready to go over here to continue building it. And what's crazy, I want to show you this. Look at the infrastructure. Look at the amount of money and resources that have gone into this to make this cut. I mean, this, this thing's got to be 100 feet tall. And every single peak of these hills going back down as we head west, it's all cut out like this, ready to go for the border wall. It's all been stopped because of Biden and the Democrats that want to protect themselves. They want walls around their houses. They want walls around their government buildings, but they don't want a wall on our border to protect the American citizens. President Trump was America first. From the looks of it, Democrats are America last. And the shame is you've already paid for this. American citizens, you've already paid hundreds of millions, billions of dollars to protect American citizens from drug traffickers, sex traffickers, the cartel. The cartel control this. 
This is America. This is America. That is Mexico. The cartels control who comes and what comes through here. The only people that benefit from stopping this wall are the cartels. And it's time the American citizens see this. There's a reason why CNN is not standing on top of this mountain. There's a reason why the mainstream pop propaganda media is not standing here. And there's a reason why Real America's Voice exists is to show America what's really happening and talk to the American citizens like the ranchers, like Dale Hooper and Cowboys for Trump and the guys that live here and put their lives on the line every day to grow the food and raise the food that we eat that goes onto your table. It doesn't just come from a grocery store. These guys, bl blood, sweat, and tears go into it. And our politicians have the nerve to spit in their face and say, you don't deserve the same protection that we deserve. It's time for the American people to stand up against this nonsense. This is Ben Burkwam reporting for Real America's Voice News. On the New Mexico border, we started in Arizona, heading to El Paso, telling you the real story of what's really happening down here. Hold them accountable, America. And you're going back. And yes. so you're going to get more. We've got the special coming out. We're working on putting all that together. I'll have the, those interviews that nobody's seen yet with Dale Hooper of Cowboys for Trump uh, and Scott Chandler as well and his son and that whole generation. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to be heading actually down to San Diego into Tijuana next week, uh, linking up with my brother uh, Oscar L. Blue. He's down in there. The, it's getting wild down there. They're, they're actually camping out at the port of entry trying to come across. You have leftist organizers down there uh, it, basically encouraging this. And it's, it's just a powder keg waiting to explode. Yeah. We're going to be down there and showing what's happening. All right. Well, we want to end on a positive note. So it is time for our meme of the day. Perfect for what we're talking about today. Roll the stinger, guys. Now, this is a tweet from Cabot Phillips, and he made a flowchart for members of the media who are trying to describe the migrant detention facilities. And it says, if Donald Trump is president, you can call them cages, concentration camps, and jail cells. Now, if Donald Trump is not president, Ben, you can call them temporary structures, emergency facilities, and overflow camps. Could that be more perfect? You know, <laughs> Dr. Gina, it is. It is. The, the mental gymnastics that you have to do in order to be a liberal or leftist in America today. It's exhausting. I look at what they do and it's just, I mean, you look at the sanctuary, they call that when they're protecting criminal illegal aliens that are breaking into our country. Yeah. It's the same thing. If, if, if President Trump does it, terrible. If conservatives do it, it's insurrection. If they do it, it's it's mostly peaceful protests. Or right. now it's, you know, it's, it's a like nice, standing fluffy, up for human rights. fluffy detention centers. Exactly. You know, it's, it is. And, and the crazy thing is they get away with it. Exactly. But not for long. Exactly. Not with us. Not, that's exactly right. Ben Burkwam, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank we appreciate you, so much. you. All right. And thanks to all of you for joining me tonight at your new home for real news, RAV TV, Real America's Voice. Don't forget Live from Studio 6B is up next with Damon and the crew. You won't want to miss it. I promise you'll laugh. And don't forget to join us here again tomorrow. We'll be at CPAC 2021 again. And don't forget to hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth. Good night, everybody.